successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Get a hooter. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to Grill Nation with Jason Grill on 980 AM and Hawk980AM.com. Appreciate you joining us as well on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, and at GrillNationShow.com. Our website has everything you need. Uh, so follow it there at GrillNationShow.com. Joined today by guest host, contributor, and supporter of Grill Nation, Ryan Weber, who is the president of KC Tech Council. The show today is going to have a very big tech focus. We're going to be doing these shows uh, once a month for the next three months, so we're really excited about having Ryan uh, Weber in studio for the next three months, a show each month. Uh, this show's going to be really great today. Thanks for joining me today, Ryan. Thank you, Jason. I'm excited about it. Um, so let's preview our guests real quick, and then I'll, I'll thank all of our partners and supporters. So our first guest is Alexi Madden, and she is a state government affairs director at uh, CompTIA. Tell us about her. We've had a great car- partnership with CompTIA over many years, and in, especially at a federal and state level, and uh, they're the experts. I mean, they're the ones that are on the ground level of many tech policy issues, and so we're going to get a chance to talk about it here at the state level today. And she's uh, in charge of the Midwest region, which yeah. will be fascinating. I can't wait to get her take as a former... Uh, state government affairs person myself. Uh, I'm really pumped to talk to her today. And CompTIA is a really great organization here uh, in the United States. And then after uh, Alexi, we're going to have on Greg Cradifield, who's a shareholder at Poles and Ellie Law Firm, who we've both known for quite a while, but I haven't seen him in a while, so it's going to be interesting to catch up with him. We're going to talk about the iVerify purchase. We're going to talk about the, uh, what you need to do if you're a startup from a legal perspective. We're going to talk about a uh, fun little barbecue, American Royal Barbecue. He has a huge tech uh, event out there every year. Uh, get into Kansas City, how it compares. We're going to get into venture capital financing. I mean, we're going to talk to a lot about a lot of different topics with Greg Craddafield today. Yeah, he's the pro. I mean, he, he's been at the ground floor of Kansas City's tech scene, so he really is the expert in the matter. I'm excited to talk to him as well. Real briefly, we want to thank our partners and supporters of Grill Nation, uh, title sponsor, Trust, Bank of Kansas City, and Two West Advisors, and Ryan Rink. also want to thank Ryan Weber, who's a guest hosting contributor from KC Tech Council, joining me today, The Bash Group, Andrew Bash, Catalyst, Danny Pfeiffer, The Rieger KC, Jay Rieger & Co., Ryan Maybe, and Kansas City Power and Light District. Thanks for your support of Grill Nation show. Again, today's show is going to be a really interesting show about uh, tech. We're going to talk about the Midwest, Kansas City, and the nation. So we have an expert in studio today, Ryan Weber, from president of the KC Tech Council. I want to bring in our first guest uh, of the show today. We have Alexi Madden, who's the director of state government affairs for the Midwest at CompTIA, which was formerly Tech America. She's joining us via phone today. How are you today, Alexi? I'm great, thanks. How are you? I'm good. So uh, let's uh, let's give a little uh, preview of what you do at your company and, and tell us about the association. Sure. Well, CompTIA is a 50-state organization. We do federal, state, and some international um, government affairs work for tech companies. Uh, We represent everyone, big and small. Personally, uh, you said my title earlier. I'm Director of State Government Affairs for the Midwest. So I work throughout a 13-state 
uh, area, working on tech policy in the uh, capitals of each state and trying to get state legislators and some local legislators to understand, you know, what, what's best for tech and innovation and, and continuing to create new great things. Mm, such a great job. I mean, so, so needed in our society, in our tech world. What? I think so. Absolutely. You've got a lot of people who like what they see but don't maybe not understand what's still to come in the future. So it's that continuous educational process. And policy advocacy is a big part of our organization. And I'm, I'm on a personal bandwagon to get more people talking about policy matters that affect both Kansas and Missouri. And, and Alexi, that's maybe the, the first question I would ask you is, from a tech policy standpoint, how do we compare to other states in the Midwest? Because, you know, we represent both, so we probably need to talk about both. <laughs> and uh, absolutely, and, and we'll, we'll be I very think, frank um, about it. And first off, Alex, let me mention too that you're from Illinois. Um, you're based in Chicago, right? Correct, I am. Okay, so you're right so, next door to Missouri, and uh, Kansas is just, just our border. So you you uh, very close by. Absolutely, uh, we do a lot of good work. Uh, obviously, you know, St. Louis is right across the border from Illinois, so we share a lot of border space with Missouri. Um, and Kansas is always a good friend to the state as well. Um, I would say it's been interesting to watch the different kinds of bills that come through the legislature. Uh, the one thing that I've noticed um, comparatively is around actually. You would think, oh, technology, there's all these different innovative bills out there. But tax policy is one area that you can really um, see the difference across the Midwest on who's encouraging um, tech companies to either come to or stay in the state. Um, One of those states is Iowa. In 2007, uh, they created some really thoughtful tax policy that created tax exemptions and incentives for data center construction. Uh, the Iowa Data Center Business Property Exemption offers a sales tax and use tax exemptions for any property that isn't land or buildings. So your things like servers, industrial chillers, backup generators, or anything that makes a data center functional. They also pass the Iowa Web Search Portal Exemption, which offers similar exemptions but explicitly to web search portal businesses. Um, these laws have encouraged multiple tech companies to come to the state. I know Google has a large data farm there, Facebook as well, um, and it brings increased property taxes and jobs to the state that might not otherwise be there. Yeah, we, we competed for some of those projects back in the day, and <laughs> we're very upset to lose, and, it, and the specific reason was because of these tax incentives. And it's a tough conversation in both states right now, in both Kansas and Missouri, but and Iowa benefits significantly. You look at Des Moines area, it's Facebook, Microsoft. I know you mentioned these Twitter. Your name brand tech companies are located there, and it's right in the middle of the country, and so are we. Absolutely, 100% agree with that. I think, you know, um, the Midwest, I've been, I'm born and raised in the Midwest. I know you guys are living in the Midwest. It's a good place to be, and I think more and more uh, companies and, and entrepreneurs are, are understanding that. Yeah, and I was just in Iowa, Lexi, and Cedar Rapids for a – talking to entrepreneurs up there, and uh, I did not know that about that legislation, so that's really good information. Um, so what? So you do 13 states? You cover 13 I legislatures. I'm sorry? You're, you're literally traveling all the time if you're covering 13 states, aren't you? You know, I travel a lot. I have to say that some states are busier than others. Um, you know, I'm just sure you can guess which ones keep me the busiest, but... Um, 
a lot of it is the continuous education process, like I said, and, and just getting uh, legislators to understand uh, what policies can do for these great companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a former legislator myself, I can attest to the fact that most legislators uh, in the Midwest probably aren't the most uh, – educated on tech issues or tech policy and things they can actually do to make life easier uh, and create jobs and actually grow an economy. So uh, very needed advocacy here because as things continue to change, Ryan, in in job creation and technology, and it, this is something that is extremely important. I mean, technology is one of those industry sectors that's guaranteed to grow. And it's one of the largest GDP producers in both states, Kansas and Missouri. It's one of the largest industries in both states. And the more I think our state officials start to realize that, the more likely we are to advance some of these policy issues. So it's a huge opportunity. Huge opportunity. We're talking to Alexi Madden, who's the Director of State Government Affairs for the Midwest at CompTIA. Um, also joining me today is Ryan Weber, who's the President of the KC Tech Council, an advocate and a, a really bright guy in Kansas City. Uh, We'll be right back after the break with more with these two great individuals. Uh, You're listening to Grill Nation. Thanks for listening. Running down the street like your hair's on fire. Thoughts running past like a man on a wire. Can't stop laughing, but I don't know why. Keep them going crazy, though. TV and the radio been watching since a baby, so I'm representing Casey Moe. Casey Moe. Welcome back to the show, Grill Nation, here on KBZ 980 AM and Talk980AM.com. We're uh, you're listening today as well on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, and at GrillNationShow.com. I greatly appreciate it. You can connect with me on Twitter at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. You also connect with KC Tech Council at KCTechCouncil.com. Uh, Ryan Weber is also on uh, social media as well. Ryan, where are you at on Twitter? Ryan Weber KC. Ryan Weber KC. Uh, we're talking to Alexi Madden, who's the Director of State Government Affairs for the Midwest at CompTIA, um, which is, their website is comptia.org. They're the world's, the voice of the world's information technology industry. As a nonprofit trade association, they advance the global interests of IT professionals and IT channel organizations and enable them to be more successful with industry-leading IT certifications and IT business credentials, IT education, resources, and the ability to connect with like-minded leading IT industry experts. Again, their website is comptia.org. And we're lucky to have on one of their advocacy individuals, public policy people, Alexi Madden today. Alexi, um, let's talk a little bit more about Kansas City. So you mentioned uh, off-air there's some really great job reports and some really positive things happening in Kansas City, Missouri right now. Absolutely. So every year CompTIA puts out um, its annual cyber states report, and it does a deep dive into what the tech industry looks like in every state. And we've recently started doing that in um, metros across the United States as well. And I've got some good news. Uh, the KC Metro is doing really well. Uh, it continues to see tech jobs increase. Uh, from 2014 to 2015, it's on increase in 1.9% in actual job occupations. Um, and the really good news, and I think your listeners will be super glad to hear this, um, the average tech industry wages are 75% higher than the average private sector wage, um, clocking it in an average of about $87,000 and change a year, which, let's face it, that is not bad at all, and I will gladly take something like that. Um, <laughs> which is higher than I thought it would be, to be quite honest. I really, I really am shocked by that number. Like it just, it keeps growing because 
People are recognizing that the Midwest is a great place to be. Kansas City is a great place to be. Um, I know they're starting to call us the Silicon Prairie, and that name's kind of been around for a while and juggling it, but I kind of like it. Um, so I think that as more and more people recognize that they want to stay in the Midwest or they don't necessarily want to move out of state, um, the Kansas City is a really great place to start their business or to move business to. Um, for example, computer systems design, like IT services, have seen an increase in uh, over a 1,000 jobs just in one year alone. This increase keeps happening year after year, and I don't think it's going to stop. I hope not. And that's what Ryan's going to make sure that doesn't happen, right, Ryan? Well, you know, there's <laughs> been conflicting reports about this. And I've, I've gone online and shared my discontent for some of the information that other studies have shown. But Kansas City is doing very well, and we need to, to acknowledge that. It's the largest industry segment in the region. It's the most important industry segment because it's growing significantly. And in this political election, we talk a lot about manufacturing and other, other very important industries, but we're not talking about the one that's the most important, which is technology. And Cerner is going to grow significantly. And other, we're, we're very lucky to have a bedrock of very large tech firms here that are hiring. And if you're a young person and you maybe you listen to the show on a Saturday afternoon, go get a tech skill, go get a tech degree. And, what I like to mention with 87,000, that doesn't happen 10 years in your career. It happens a couple of years in your career because five years experience in tech, you're an expert. So it's a great high wage, high uh, growth opportunity for anybody. And there's over 10,000 open jobs in the region. It's crazy. The number really, yes, it's a crazy number. Hundreds of companies that are hiring and they pay very well because it's simple supply and demand. But there still is a huge need to have more education opportunities to, to pump up that workforce because Alexi will agree with me on this. Every other city in the country has got open tech jobs, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, as we talked about earlier, different state policies contribute to it. Um, Kansas City is a pretty cool place in the sense that it is split by two different states and the two different states that support the tech industry. So, um, you get the the added benefit of having two people that really care about these jobs. Well, we hope so. And uh, hopefully they'll continue to care. And so, Alexi, you deal with, I mean, let's just all of these type, different types of policies uh, and issues, taxes, trade, immigration, broadband, tech, telecom, cybersecurity, privacy, new emerging tech, environment, procurement, education. I mean, what is the one thing you think that uh, – Elected officials, policymakers uh, really need to, to know about these areas in technology. I mean, is there one thing that is it is it tax policy? Is it is it uh, broadband? I mean, trade. What what is the one thing that you think is a simple legislative move that a state could make that could really boost technology and job creation? A simple legislative move. I think the number one thing that we advocate for is that any policies that they wish to pass, number one. Let us know about it. We're happy to help. <laughs> we will make sure that your law is the best law ever created. But also, um, we advocate for what we call tech-neutral jobs, or legislation, excuse me. Um, what that means is don't call out any single piece of technology. Don't say, you know, it has to be, uh, your website has to be secure using this specific technology. Because what we find, obviously, and you guys know this, is that what one technology might be the industry standard today, next year it may be outdated. Technology moves that fast. So that's probably the one thing we're always happy to help 
We understand that there's always a story behind um, technology and why you want to create a law around some specific piece, but let's work together to make sure it's the best piece of legislation we can use. Mm-hmm. And do you work with a lot of rural, uh, rural entrepreneurs or rural tech people? Is this mostly just based in the major hubs in these states? I mean, are most of the legislators that want to interact with you, are they are they from uh, Kansas City and Des Moines type places, or are there any rural people that are actually engaging on these issues? Oh, there are definitely rural people. Um, in Illinois, for example, there's a, a tech caucus where a bunch of legislators all get together and talk tech policy. And the chairman of the caucus in the House is from a very rural community in downstate Illinois. And he's just very into it. He understands the value of technology. And, and like we talked about earlier, it's only going to increase and, and become more of a jobs producer. So, you know, I think that everybody's on top of it. And as more rural communities continue to see the benefits of technology, like broadband access and whatnot, um, everyone wants to get involved. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ryan's got a question here. Well, let's see, even taking it to, um, let's look at these two states that we represent. Cause I, it's, a, it's a very different dynamic between both states and their engagement in tech policy issues, their focus on tech policy issues. And uh, we compete a lot. So there's even a term called the border war in Kansas. Some of that's over tax policy now, but you know, given your perspective, working with 13 other Midwestern states, how do we compare and how do we compete with each other? How do you compare? Um, I have to say Missouri keeps me busy. Um, they see the value in, tech, in tax policy a lot. Um, every year I see about four or five bills that could really be a benefit to the community and to the industry as well. Uh, Kansas is a little quieter on tech policy. I know they have a lot of other issues going on, um, but I, I will say that, you know, compared to Missouri, Missouri is definitely more active on tech issues. It, how, how will that affect Kansas? Because I mean, it's a frustration of mine as well. We've had a couple of initiatives that are stalled and things that would be, add great value. And you know, I have a feeling that would really affect our competitiveness. Is that true? I mean, I would say yes, in a way, uh, especially because, you know, if, if companies that want to come into Kansas are getting a better deal in any other state, never mind just Missouri, they're obviously going to go where um, the incentives are. And I think that's very important. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at this map here. You cover uh, North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, Kansas, Missouri, Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, uh, Kentucky, Indiana, Ohio, and I said Michigan, I think. Um, wow, those are very diverse states, even though they're all in the Midwest. Just a selfish little question here. Um, which one of those is your favorite capital to, to go to from a aesthetic purpose? <laughs> where, where, which capital for any of those states should we visit and make sure it's on our bucket list? Well, you know, Jefferson City is always I'm a just good talking about the building. To. Ain't nothing yeah. wrong with a little JC. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Because it's amazing to me how different all these Capitol buildings look, but how similar they are at the same time. Absolutely. It's almost like a, a Groundhog's Day sometimes. <laughs> right. So let's talk about a specific policy issue here, which is something that's very, very passionate of mine. And we focus on this with the Tech Council. And that's education. And we all know these skills are in demand. We all know that they should be required, but they're not. What are what are some of the education policy hurdles that we're facing? Well, obviously, um, CompTIA advocates uh, hard for STEM being part of the core curriculum in any education uh, process. 
this is generally widely accepted, um, but unfortunately we're seeing not a lot of movement on getting kids involved in, like, the technology portion of it. So, for example, computer science. Uh, what the research is finding um, is that it's the earlier you access, have provided children, the more likely they will get involved in, in either, it doesn't have to be computer science specifically, but in some sort of tech education ad, um, avenue. So we like to see any policy that includes um, math, science, upfront, etc., and then um, can also be building block on the computer science avenue as well. Uh, I know in 2014, Illinois passed a law that allowed AP computer science to count as one of your core math credits in order to graduate high school. And that's a great idea because it's no longer an elective. If students see it as an elective, they might be less likely to choose that because it's going up against, you know, other interesting items as well um, in, in different categories that may have nothing to do with STEM. Very cool. So, yeah, we were very pleased to see that. So anything along those lines, anything that will encourage the curiosity in kids and will make them, you know, start their start their path. That's the way the workforce is going to continue to increase. Very awesome. Alexi Madden, Director of State Government Affairs for the Midwest at CompTIA. Their website's CompTIA.org. Thanks for joining the show today. Thank you so much for having me. This has been great. Great. Thanks for all your hard work. We'll be right back on Grill Nation. First things first, I'm the realest. Realest. Drop this and let the whole world feel it. Let them feel it. And I'm still in the murder business. I can hold you down. I just want to chill, got a sack for us to roll Married to the money, introduced her to my stove Showed her how to whip and now she remakes it for love Hello and welcome back to Grill Nation with Jason Grill here on Talk 980 AM and Talk980AM.com Appreciate you joining us as well on iTunes, TuneIn Radio and at GrillNationShow.com where you can find all of our podcasts and photos of our guests as well as more information about our partners and supporters of the show I uh, want to continue on today's show with our uh, guest host and contributor today, Ryan Weber from KC Tech Council, has set up some really great guests today. And our uh, our next guest, who will be with us for the next two segments, is Greg Craddafield, who is a shareholder at the Polzinelli Law Firm. He works in the technology sector and helps a lot of startups here in Kansas City and throughout the country. How are you today, Greg? Good, good. It's good to be here, Jason. It's good to see you. I haven't seen you in a while. I uh, know. I've been told I have a mug for radio, unlike the handsomely rugged Jason Grill here. So uh, <laughs> it's my pleasure to be no, here. No, you've been working hard. Ryan Weber, uh, KC Tech Council, uh, kind of helped broker this uh, interview. You're a tough get, man. <laughs> Always happy. Always happy to do what Ryan tells me to do. <laughs> and really, Greg is one of the founders of our organization. I had to give the guy credit. So I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Greg because probably five or six years ago, I had the opportunity to merge that organization to what was formerly Casey Next and now Casey Tech Council. So uh, I kind of call him patient zero because he pretty much knows everybody in the tech industry. And if there's anything ever from a legal standpoint, it pretty much all runs through Greg and especially the funding, which is some of what we'll talk about today. Yeah. Uh, so Yeah, so you've been kind of the... You were one of the first people I met in the entrepreneurial technology community. You've been at this for a while. I'm sad to say I have been at it for a while, though. So it's uh, it's been 18 years. I guess I've been at Pulsinelli now, um, always having some focus on tech startups and, and uh, technology area. It, what's been amazing, though, is just the amount of growth that we've seen in this sector in the last just five years. I mean, I mean, and, and even the last... Five years compared to 15 years before, it's been exponential growth. And so both in the number of people engaging in it, the, the, the support organizations involved, and then 
uh, the amount of networking events and people just engaged in the community. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. I like to always mention that you went to SLU. Yes. I went yes. to college there. You went to law school yeah, there. Yeah. Very, very proud of my uh, Billikens. Yeah, you are. You are very <laughs> proud. And uh, you're involved in a lot of different organizations here in Kansas City. You mentioned KC Tech Council, but also uh, you've been involved with Avila mm-hmm. and uh, Jackson County Sports Commission, right? Yeah. Yeah. Those are two very different uh, organizations, <laughs> though. Uh, um, Jackson County Sports Complex Authority. We oversee the stadiums uh, on behalf of the Jackson County taxpayers. Uh, I get regular uh, texts and emails on Sunday around parking. Uh, it was a little better this last time. Uh, it was great. I was know. out there uh, a couple weeks ago with no problems. Yeah, the second good. game. Very yeah. good. And then Avila, Avila uh, University here in town is. Uh, it's been very exciting to work with them from a uh, institution perspective. I've been uh, impressed with how many of their students are first time uh, attendees to college, and I think that's such an important piece, and they're doing a good job of it. Mm-hmm. We brought you on the show today, Greg, to really kind of talk about Kansas City technology um, and kind of what's going on here right now. Let's let's tip off the first one question about iVerify. I know you're involved with that. Um, yeah, tell us about that. I mean, I it mean, was quite what, a journey, right? Oh man, what an exciting uh, what an exciting deal for Toby and his team. What an exciting deal for Kansas City. And so, um, you know, specifically with iVerify. What I love about iVerify is that there's a lot of people in Kansas City that can claim a win out of iVerify because Toby took advantage of and participated with so many different organizations from Think Big and Mid-America Angels to Pipeline uh, to the Whiteboard to Boardroom Project at the very beginning and Casey SourceLink. And so, uh, so many different people participated in that, so many different local investors, even all the way to the most recently Flyover Capital, participated in that deal. And so... Uh, when they had that victory, which was a victory, I mean, you're talking about something that was started four years ago and that Amazing. was able to sell for over a hundred million dollars. And so we were very, uh, we were very excited to represent them on that transaction to, uh, be involved with that since the very, very beginning and licensing it out of UMKC. And, and I think one of the, one, I, I had a lot of folks at the office that were very excited about it as well because while Toby was developing that technology, we would run secretaries through uh, the conference room and he would take pictures of their eyes with a camera. Then he'd come back a couple months later and say, oh, can I take, I need those same people again. And so we'd try to get them all lined up again to come back out and run them through to take pictures and this time with a phone, an app. So when the news hit about that story, I had a number of staff and secretaries and folks in the office that all kind of felt like they had a hand in participating in that. And we're really excited to see that deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, that broke when we were on the air that day. Did when it? I was taping. I, I was. <laughs> we were, were reading about it on the internet. You know, it was a, reported at seventy, then it went over a hundred. Yeah, and then the. I think what's really exciting too about it is what's going to happen next, mm-hmm. because going forward, um, the hope is that you're looking at this is Alibaba's first investment in the United States. I did not know that. I huh. mean, so this will be their first company uh, here. Hoping, I think, to see them build that kind of. North American headquarters for that kind of biometric security piece here in Kansas City. And and I think that's part of what Toby wants to do as well and what I'm hoping uh, uh, I verify with Alibaba's help and uh, we'll be able to do that here in Kansas City. Mm. So, Greg, what other centers in America have a focus in biometrics like this? Could Kansas City become the the hub of this new industry? You, you know, most people don't realize out uh, in Kansas City that we have such a concentration of security companies here in Kansas City. I mean, you go out to conferences and 
uh, throughout the country, and they all know Kansas City from early uh, participants in the players like Fishnet, now Optive Security, um, to Firemon, um, Risk Analytics, Lockpath, Archer, which was one of the larger uh, original GRC players that was purchased by RSA. And then you'd even include, like, an iVerify with biometric security in there. So um, uh, you're seeing a concentration of security companies and security talents here in Kansas City. And what an amazing growth area uh, to be involved with right now for, for the city. I mean, the Department of Labor says there's going to be about 2 million security jobs open in the next 10 years, which is a crazy number to think about. But, I mean, it's great to know that we've got that core group of workforce here. But, of course, we want to see it grow as yeah. well. No, I mean, we definitely need to see it grow. But, I mean... Um, we've seen, uh, I've seen folks getting financing or funding for early stage uh, ventures in the security space that those investors who may otherwise try to pull those companies outside of Kansas City say you can keep that company in Kansas City because we believe there is that talented information security workforce here. And so it's one of those areas that we really have a competitive advantage in that we need to continue to leverage and do more uh, going forward. And I'm really excited that I verify I'll be at the front and center of that. We're talking to Greg Catterfield, who's the shareholder at Pools and Ellie Law Firm. Greg, talk to us about financing in Kansas City. You know, financing because, is it, because this is an issue that how many years have we been through this? I know it, it's all it's all, it's my hot. Uh, it's certainly been one of my hot button issues from the beginning, and, and it's something we all talk about and struggle. I mean, you know, one of my favorite stat or quote around that is 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 that sixty nine percent of all. Uh, um, only 10% of all VC funding is in early stage and 69% of that 10% is in three States. Okay. You know? And so we fight in California. It's, it's where you'd expect California, Massachusetts, Texas. So, uh, and so we fight for financing and funding here in the Midwest, but boy, have we seen, uh, people focusing on it and we've really made a sea change. I think in the last two or three years, I mean, if you look at, um, Flyover Capital, getting that deal done as an early stage tech venture fund in the area. Uh, most recently announced Casey Rise um, with their closing on a, on an initial $20 million fund. And they're going to be out starting to put some deals in place. We've got uh, at least two other funds that I know of that are in the work that are looking to focus on early stage companies in the, in the area. And so all of that, uh, we got a long way to go. But all of that is uh, steps in the right direction to start address some of our capital issues. Yeah, and there's a lot more money being invested. I mean, I, I wrote an article about that a while back, but it just seems like from la the last two years, it's rose so mm -hmm. much. Well, and we've seen, I mean, even out of the, because so many of the folks in that iVerify transaction were local, we've already started to see companies that have investors that were in that deal reaching out to them to look at how they could maybe take some of the winnings that they had off of that deal and put it back into other opportunities here in the area. So that's the question. Is that going to happen? Yeah, no, I think you're going to see it. I, I really do. I think you're going to see opportunities uh, get funded because of success that came out of that. And we just need, we need more of those successes and more of that money getting funneled back into the company, into the, City. Well, there's been some liquidity too. So, I mean, we just saw some articles this week about bats. We had Joe Radman on stage this morning and it's, uh, I mean, there's a handful of people over there that are millionaires overnight from the mm -hmm. IPO and there's 1200 or so millionaires at Cerner just from stock alone. So there's some liquidity in Kansas City now of people who have a tech upbringing, but made their money from tech. So it's almost natural to believe they're going to invest some of that in other tech companies. And hopefully that's in Kansas city. Yeah, I think, I think you're absolutely right. Boy, that bat story is an incredible story. It really is. Wait, so uh, fill our listeners in on that because I've been kind of following it. They uh, got bought or they sold or how'd that work out? Ryan probably knows better. Well, I think now. the details are to be released. I mean, we know as much as you can read online, but 
I mean, what an amazing story. We had Joe at an event with the Tech Council and um, you know, Fireside Chat. Great, great person, great story, great personal story. But you know, they woke up one day pretty much and said, you know what, we're giving uh, margin to, to products and services from New York Stock Exchange and NASDAQ that are not good. So why don't we create a competitive alternative trading system to those? Well, fast forward just, what, 10, 12 years later, and it's going to sell for over $2 billion. But he said a couple of interesting things. He hmm. said that uh, they started small incrementally changing things and improving their process. Hired a great team, all mostly from the region, by the way, which is important. So, I mean, their, their competitors are Ivy League, Wall Street types, and they beat them. Mm-hmm. And they did it by do, building a company in Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, I think I, what I got at, what I thought was really amazing out of his uh, discussion about that is who wakes up in the morning and says, you know what, I'm going to take on NASDAQ in the New York Stock Exchange. <laughs> I think there's inefficiencies there that I'm going to go take advantage of and I'm going to go build something here in Kansas City to take that on. Because that shows me if that can happen, we can do anything from here. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that really that, that really is um, an amazing piece of that story. And then what I also thought was really nice, the comeback from the, uh, the issue, the, the setback they had with their failed IPO and mm-hmm. how that impact that could have had on a lot of different folks, but they were universally on the same page to – help grow and to get that thing moving forward. And in fact, it ended up being a very big win a couple of years later. We're talking with Greg Craddafield, who's a shareholder at Pulzinelli, Ryan Weber, uh, KC Tech Council president, joining me for the full hour as well. We'll be right back with more Grill Nation. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to Grill Nation with Jason Grill on Talk 980M and Talk980M.com. Appreciate you joining as well on podcasts on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, and at GrillNationShow.com. You can connect with me on Twitter at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. Join with again with Ryan Weber, KC Tech Council President, guest coast and contributor to Grill Nation, and the man, Greg Craddafield, Poles and LA, shareholder. Been there for 18 years. Good lawyer, good attorney here in Kansas City. And a good person. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. Okay, so tell us about what we need to know if you're a startup and you're, what are the pluses and minuses? What should we be looking out for from a legal perspective? You know, I think the the one thing that um, we see folks do is not do it right from the very beginning. And it's much easier and cheaper to do it right at the beginning than to try to fix something wrong on the back end. Because let me tell you, fixing something wrong on the back end is not fun, it's contentious, and it's generally pretty expensive too. So and there's a way to set these companies up um, that, you know, especially with an early stage tech company that is just wired up for the way that uh, investors want to see. Um, one of the first issues that we often get or questions concerned is whether or not you want to be an LLC or a C-Corp. Mm. Um, and you'll get differing views on that. Um, people at we tend to here in the Midwest put companies into an LLC first. Um, you can get that LLC to mirror a lot of the, um, uh, provisions and uh, economic provisions that you would see in a C-Corp, but you can take advantage of some tax benefits that we have in the area in the region. And, and the other reason we do it primarily is because the most important thing for an early stage tech company is flexibility. So you want to create something that's flexible and it's always easier to move from an LLC to a corp. It's very difficult to go to the other way without okay. creating some tax issues. So that would be number one is getting that correct, uh, um, that correct choice of entity uh, down. 
The second thing uh, relates to intellectual property, getting all those balls in the basket, so to speak, ideas, concepts, ideas that you have, making sure that everybody that's going to have a piece or that's contributing to that has assigned and put those stuff uh, in the basket. I used to say uh, the social uh, network, Facebook, and the twins problem, mm-hmm. or Zuckerberg problem, depending I guess what side are you on, was always one of my best uh, uh, sales things because people didn't want to be successful later and have the issue of somebody coming out of the woodwork later and saying that something was their idea, their concept, they developed it or something. So we try to address that uh, those issues on the front end. Those are probably two right out that I can think of off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. And you work with, with startups and large tech companies. I, mean, I do. So you've been doing this for a while now. Talk to us about um, just, I mean, the changes. In yeah, Kansas I mean, I, I would say that, that I get asked a lot about uh, you know, young young lawyers wanting to uh, have a startup tech practice. And I say the first thing you need to do is go find something else that'll pay the bills because it doesn't necessarily uh, pay to be a, just a tech startup lawyer. So my primary practice involves information security, what we talked about, healthcare technology. Uh, most people don't know, but Polsonelli has the largest healthcare practice in the country. And a big part of healthcare today is technology. I mean, quite frankly, I don't know how we're going to uh, increase the quality of care and decrease the cost of care at the same time without technology playing a part. And I think you're seeing Kansas City and Cerner and some other things that that's a big area. And then I still do quite a bit of data center and infrastructure type work. Uh, Midwest is a good place to build a data center. And, and so those three primary practice areas, we have uh, large tech clients that we work on a national basis with my group. Uh, and then I always say that that uh, piece allows me to kind of pay for what I really like to do, which is work with tech startups. Mm-hmm. And you've done that. Yeah. You've done that and you just had the big win. Yeah. No, it's exciting. I mean, that's, you know, that's Toby's big win. We had a lot of people at Polsonelli that worked on that deal, uh, that helped make that happen. But, uh, uh, we, uh, we'd love to see more of those for sure. Yeah. Who are you? Are there any people particularly that you're excited about right now in Kansas City or groups or what, what are you really kind of jazzed about here that's, that's happening? You know, I've been, I'm, uh, from a, from a startups, from yeah. the companies that we're seeing, you know, um, that's a really good question. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm excited for what I'm seeing that's getting and looking around, uh, and, and getting some of the early stage funding, uh, right now. I think this recent announcement of this 10.1, uh, spin out of JE Dunn, um, is something to kind of keep your eye on because it's, uh, it's an exciting, uh, development, um, and, and one that, um, getting that type of technology out of that large company like that, having them have a vested interest in, and then seeing local players fund that, I think that's going to be going to be a one to watch going forward. Uh, certainly, Bloom, uh, Spider Oak, or two that I think are uh, on uh, folks' radars uh, mm-hmm. nationally that are based here as well, and they've got some interesting one in the security space, one in the financial planning space. So. Mm-hmm. Um, those are, those, those are, are, those those are, are some good ones. Those yeah. are some good ones. Ryan, you got a question. And I said from a macro level, Greg, and you've been involved in Kansas City's tech and startup community for a long time and you travel to other communities often as well. What are some areas we still need to focus on as a community to continue to grow and see more of these success stories? You know, the, you know, the capital is always an issue and always one that we're going to struggle with here in the Midwest and we need to continue to make, uh, improvements in that area. I think one that we're starting to see that we could continue to see more growth in is the engagement of our large uh, corporate uh, tech, corporate citizens, if you will, Mm -hmm. Um, uh, whether they be technology companies or users of technology companies that are willing to look at opportunities here in the Midwest for, uh, you know, partners, potential acquisitions, 
um, and, and services. And so I think where we, I've seen communities that are, are doing very well in that area, they're getting a little bit more engagement from their larger uh, corporate citizens. We're starting to get it going, uh, but it's definitely a place where we need to continue to improve. It's improved a lot in the last it has. three it, or four it, years. It, it I, mean, I remember I remember when none of, nobody was involved. Yeah, and now they're talking about it. I mean, they're getting engaged in it and stuff. So, um, you know, I mentioned the Dunn thing. I mean, that is a, that's a neat uh, development. So, uh, so it, it's it, but that stuff that good, successful um, areas are, are, uh, are seeing success in, and we need to continue to improve in that area. Okay, so barbecue. Yes. Yeah, the American Royal Barbecue is coming up. You've been involved with that for quite a while, buddy, haven't you? I love that. I'm a, <laughs> again, I said I had a mug for radio early, which means I'm a big barbecue fan. So, uh, which if you haven't which been to is Kansas neat. City, it's, it's definitely, I mean, I know it's changed locations a few times, but, uh, it is a fun party on Friday night. Yeah. I always say that, uh, American Royal Barbecue is, um, it's the largest barbecue competition in the world and it's the closest thing Kansas City has to Mardi Gras. Um, and so, uh, that good or bad, uh, it's <laughs> usually good. a very, very fun night. Yeah. Um, we are, uh, we're really excited this year, uh, to kind of partner with about 19 other, uh, tech community organizations to help put on a kind of tech community, um, uh, party out there at the American Royal. And so, um, tech councils involved, many others, as along with fish tech and BKD, uh, to put together what we hope will be the party of the year out there at the American Royal. And, and I said part of my goal was to make sure that anybody who's not in the tech industry that's walking around and sees that party uh, wants to rethink their uh, choice of given industry because that's the people and place that they want to be and the type of uh, atmosphere they want to be in. So I haven't been yet. Yeah. I, I'm, I should be there, right? I get stuck in the thing with these barbecues, you know, there's like three or four. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, you got a lot of probably mutual friends, both you guys, and uh, they're just all really good. I mean, yeah. they really well, are good and, you're, and, and, and Jason's part of the Dead Poultry Society, which yeah. is one of the the legendary party ones. We of, had a, of we, all we had a riding bull, and yeah. they, uh, apparently, I was out of town a few years ago. They had a hot tub, which yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, um, and we will not have that though. But we, we will have a we will have a drink slide, and we'll have an open bar, and and we've got what I'm real happy about it. From a uh, uh, it's got all local. Um, food and drink folks that are that are part of that so uh um, what's the name again of this it's uh it's the uh ar tech barbecue hashtag ar tech barbecue hashtag so ar tech bar- on, uh, barbecue Twitter. um but we'll uh you know q39 is going to be doing the catering from food from six to eight and and we really want to see everybody out in the kc tech community come out come and support it very cool greg craddafield shareholder of pools and thanks for coming on the show today ryan weber thanks for guest coast contributing and setting this interview up man it was really fun thank you thank you Thanks for listening to Grill Nation. We'll see you again next week. Have a good one. Take care.